0: E Boa noite, né? Boa I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We just want to continue where we left, of, left off last week on our message, the underlying conditions. So we will be on part two on underlying conditions. But before we do that, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for your grace and mercy. We appreciate you, dear God, for being A promise keeper, a way maker. Dear God, we appreciate you for all those attributes that you display in our lives of being a savior, a protector, a provider, and so many things that you are that as human beings we may feel to list all of them. But we just want to pray for the reading of the word in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, Without waste of time, let's read the scripture in the book of Acts, chapter sixteen, uh, chapter sixteen, verse sixteen uh, to eighteen. It written in this manner, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which is brought which brought her masters much gain by soothsay the same followed paul and us and cried saying, these men are the servants of the most high god which shew unto us the way of salvation and this did she many days but paul being grieved turned and said to the spirit i commanded thee in the name of jesus christ to come out of her." and he came out of out the same hour now when you look at the scripture <laughs> on on the surface it seems like nothing was wrong here we just see a young lady praising the servants of god uh telling she's saying these are the servants of the most high god was it not true it was true which show us us uh, show us the way of salvation was it not true it was true but you see uh, prophet messengers or true servants of god if i broaden it here they know how to to look below the surface they they're not just impressed maybe with a compliment and that is why this is where servants of god have got to be, be careful because sometimes a, compliment, a demon can compliment you by saying the right things, but it does not change the fact that it is the demon that is saying that. And if it is the demon, it has to be rejected. And Paul here realized that this young girl was speaking good things, but an underlying condition is that it was an evil spirit that made her to say those things. So, I am continuing on the underlying uh, conditions as we were on to it from the previous time. Now, Brother Brenham, I have said uh, last time that even Brenham Tabernacle (laughs) had issues, had underlying conditions. Now, in the message, Why Are We Not a Denomination? Paragraph 195, he says, Now, we can tell you why we take communion, We tell you why we take feet washing, why we won't let the members take it if we know they are in sin. That's why this first last two or three weeks, I've been going around, I've been going from one member to the other where you have been having your little fusses around to going around one wouldn't speak to the other and pass one another on the road and turn your head shame on you who has who has took the blessed cup of god across this the altar here and called you brothers and sisters and then you get on a telephone and get off about one another, you are not fit to be called Christians when you are that way, right? You keep off the telephone. If you can't talk good about somebody, don't talk at all. Remember, God is going to hold you responsible. As long as that kind of spirit is in you, you know you are not right with God. Now, (laughs) the prophet here, you know, there are people that think that if they were fellowshipping at Branham Tabernacle when the prophet was around you. Goodness, they were going to be good Christians. But I've got uh, sad news for you. If you cannot be a Christian wherever you are, even if you were in the church, the literal church of Jesus Christ, you would still be what you are right as you are now. Now, Brother Branham speaks about you, you, you hear of the angel coming down at Brenham Tabernacle during the seven church ages, the angel coming down, playing the piano. But uh, Brother Brenham says, despite great things, I mean, God took that spot and made it to be known around the world. But despite that, there were underlying conditions and he says, that is the reason in the last couple of two or three weeks i've been going around because some of you here are not speaking to each other some of you get on the phone and speak badly about each other these are some of the underlying conditions that can lack, that can be there in the church and brandon tabernacle was not an exception And our churches definitely will not be an exception now Brother Brennan, in the message, I'm, and I'm just going, this approach, I'm, I'm using a case-based approach towards this subject. Now, in the message, Faith, paragraph 87, he says, now, he speaks to a woman, he says, now, and you are bothered with a disturbance. It's a mental disturbance. It's an oppression, which is depression. And you are the wife of a minister. And your husband has got the same thing, which is depression. And what caused you to be this way is because of your husband. That's right. And you are having family trouble, upright, ready for a divorce. And your husband is kind of possessed he has let satan come in and take him over that's right you believe now that is is that true well go on your road back rejoicing and be happy and may the evil spirit go out and never bother again through jesus Christ's name amen now i said last time that you when you are a husband you can become a victim of your wife's underlying condition And when you are a wife, you can become a victim of your husband's underlying condition. Here is a minister of the gospel married to this woman. This woman is going through a depression. And when... She might have thought that maybe I'm depressed, I'm going through a hard time, but she did not know what was the underlying condition. The underlying condition of her marital problems of her depression is because the husband who was a minister was possessed by an evil spirit. And I, 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 I want to make an inference here. I don't think this minister, wherever he was, he was just sitting, he was ministering to the people. But the people that he was ministering to did not know that he has an underlying condition. And the greatest tragedy today is because many a times ministers are preaching while they are preaching having underlying conditions. That is why a lot of times, Brother bram says, you catch each other's spirit in state of the Holy Ghost. That is why if you are under a pastor who is a thief in no time, you will become a thief because it could be an underlying condition. So the prophet here says to the woman, that's what caused it. And brothers and sisters, I do not know how many times uh, in the families where one partner suffers severely, but it is because of what the other partner gets up to. Now here, this underlying condition was exposed by the men of God. And may God help us, as I indicated previously, that marriages have underlying conditions. Ministries have underlying conditions. Churches have got underlying conditions. And nations have got underlying conditions. Even our children have got an under underlying conditions. Now, in the message, there is a, a case, another case that is going to blow your mind. In the message, the waters of separation, paragraph 7, he says many times in dealing with spiritual things, you see them when they move out. That's when you see demons move out someone was just asking me here not long ago i was at calgary canada and a boy come in they had him in a straight jacket and they come in the back of the room and he he was cursing and carrying on I never had such in my life. It shocked at the prophet. And the father was trying to hold him. And when he got on the inside, he looked over to me and said, William Brenham, you ain't got nothing to do with me. Oh, that father looked up and said, he don't even know his own name. You, How did he know your name? Now, this is where you are reminded that demons know our name. And you that are excited about the impersonation of the second pool where people go around and say your name is such and such. And you get excited that this man didn't know me, but now he knows my name. Let me remind you, a demon knows your name. If I was to meet a witch doctor and the witch doctor tells me that I'm Pastor Madiba, it is not going to shock me in any way because the master of the witch doctor knows that I'm Pastor Madiba. Even if a witch doctor can tell me where I stay, the master of the witch doctor knows where I stay. But because why am I not affected in the end time? There was a prophet that went back at the back part of the mind of God and located me and told me that you were once an attribute in God's mind. For me, that's what moves me at this hour. Not when somebody tells my ID that they could have easily picked up from the internet. So don't be easily shaken by the impersonations. Now, this demon knew Brother Brennan and the father says, look, he doesn't even know his name, but he knows your name. Now, the prophet continues. He says, I was standing off a great distance from him. Oh, how he was kissing me and carrying on. He said, you haven't un- you un- got nothing to do with me. And I asked the audience if they would just be reverent. The archers come to take him out. Just then I seen the Holy Spirit move out, the angel of the Lord. I said, now bring him here just a minute. Now they went to bring him. He started, uh, started kicking and, and frothing and biting he was in a straitjacket and they brought him up close. And when the vision came and told what it was, a sin that had been committed by his father that caused the child to be in that condition, the father fell down and repented. And when that evil spirit went from that boy, thousands times, thousands of people in the stampede grounds there that night looked like a great big spider in a black shadow floating around. It really, and oh my, it was really quiet. It went around the people and out through the building. When So this demon was in the form of a spider. But listen, when the father brought it here, I need to be very responsible on how I present this quotation. It does not mean that if something is wrong with the child, the parents did something wrong. It is not always the case. The disciples saw a blind man and asked Jesus, was it a he at fault or were the parents at fault? And Jesus says, it came upon him that the name of the Lord should be glorified. So we are not going to put a, a period here. We are not going to, we are just going to put a comma because what is happening here is that this, is, this every case must be judged on merit. Now, this boy is brought by the father. The father must have been troubled many times why would this boy be like this? But now when it was brought before the man of God, he realized that the frothing, the kicking, the casing, and the mental instability of the boy was not an issue. What was an issue is that there was an underlying condition in the family. The father had committed sin, that he did not confess. But as soon as that underlying condition was exposed and confessed and treated, the boy was set free. Parents, how many times do children come or subjected to harsh, harsh ordeals? And all we find that it is not their fault, but it is because the parents, because of the underlying conditions that was never treated, derailed the life of the child. This father did not know. And I wonder how many fathers today do not know. I wonder how many mothers today do not know. I wonder how many families do not know because of underlying conditions. Some of the underlying conditions, you may find that you are just disrespectful towards the servants of God and talk badly about the servants of God and your children become What? And you cannot connect the two. You find that your disrespect is an underlying condition that drives what the people see in the children. That's why I say, God, may he help us with our underlying conditions. Now, another case. In the message, Victory Day, paragraph 56, the prophet says in this message, a young lady last night in an interview she said a minister's daughter had some kind of a little love affair and she had lost her mind about it and she gone and had a breakdown a breakdown a very beautiful young woman about 23 years When she was a little girl of about 12, she was in Chicago and sitting in the meeting, it was, and sitting in the meeting, the Holy Spirit went out through the audience and called her who she was and and said, you got a a murmuring heart. The doctor says you can't live to 15 years old, but thou says the Lord, you are healed. She never even felt a heart trouble since. So she had a heart trouble that was called out in the audience because she had a murmuring heart. This was the first instance in the life of this young woman. Now, and last night she had a different type of a heart trouble. It was spiritual heart trouble her lover had run off and married some other woman and yet she was still in love and this boy telling that he was in love yet with her and his father had caused it so this boy made a promise to the younger girl i love you i'm gonna marry you we're gonna live happily ever after later he ran away and married to somebody else and said the reason i did this is because of your father. Now, here I have a weight of warning, especially for the young ones in the message of the hour. What I would advise you on is this, never ever do things that are of the radar of your parents, that are of the radar of your pastor. I am going to repeat that some of the things that we see in the message of the hour is because young ones made secret vows and the secret vows were broken because there was was no witness. Now young ones have got broken heart. You had much better be careful and make sure that whatever you do, it happens on the radar of the pastor and of the parents. Let's continue on this case. Brother Brahman says, I said, oh, nonsense. He didn't have to marry the other girl. He did it because he failed to have the right kind of love for you. That's exactly. But see, being all wound up into that, the girl sat there in such a stoop and she said, oh, I know Johnny loves me. I said, that's all she could see. She lived in that little world by herself. She had formed herself in the, this was a child of a minister, by the way. Now, the prophet said, I took a hold of her hand. I said, listen to me. And the Lord showed a vision. You see, that she knew, I knew nothing about, that something had taken place, some transaction between them. So the problem was not a a broken promise. Over, underneath, there was a transaction that nobody knew anything about it, only she and the boy. But thank god that the holy ghost is able to expose underlying conditions That something had taken place some transaction between them and when that was said then that snapped right quick i said now while you are out there, look to calvary there you are going out here and started trying to drink and a minister's daughter a pentecostal minister's daughter and doing the things that you are doing trying to drown that sorrow that man and somebody that don't care the snap of their finger for you i said look you're not to calvary girl that's the only way back and here i'm saying to our young people look you're not to calvary that's the only way back and right here this girl had now been drinking doing all sorts of things that were unbecoming of a minister's daughter and how many of our young people today some of them are drinking alcohol some of them are smoking drugs and yet they have got proximity to offices in the church a lot of times it's because they've got underlying conditions and here I had much better sound a warning bell to young people you would never get a faff with God if you've got an unconfessed sin let me come to this other one many times I've seen it many times in the message of the hour where people are baptized come into the message and they love the message they serve, but you find that still their underlying condition is a family spirit. Now, let's come to this case. In the message, a paradox, paragraph 23, the prophet says, Now, the father of the boy is strictly an Irishman, moody. And high tempered and high strung. That's his whole family like that, except one other out of the family converted. This my father and mother both are Christians filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. They've brought these young men up in the way of the Lord. And now this young man is about 17 or 18 years old. Something along there. Very fine kid. He being a real model boy at home. Nice kid. He's got a brother. That's vice versa. Now we focus on this boy. Being a model boy around 18, raised up in the Christian faith. Now... But the girls, the mother's family, the Irish was the father's family, but now the mother's family lives close to a fine church. But do you, do you think they would ever come over there? No. They know it's right, but it's not just not in them to ask forgiveness or ask pardoning. They won't do it. It's just not in them. In the father's side, the, the higher tempered on the mother's side, Unforgive. They cannot say, I'm sorry. Now, the genes, this is a boy being raised in the message of the hour. The father coming from the Irish background, the mother coming from the German background, from the father's side, high tempered, from the mother's side, uh, they never say, I'm sorry. Now, the genes in the father and the mother of this boy, No matter how much they are converted, still remains the flesh that's being interbred out to this boy. Therefore, the boy has got a complex in him, just like from his mother's family. They are not forgiving. They will not apologize. That's where that boy stands. Folks, this one I need you to listen to carefully. Your body is part of your family tree. Everyone has got a vulnerability of some sort towards their family tree or a spirit that dominates their family tree. And that spirit will follow you even in, into the faith. Let's carry on. Now I said to the father, no matter how much you have raised him up, I said, now look at you, out of your family, all of them drunks and fighting and shooting and cutting and so forth. Now look at your family to the mother. There are a bunch of people just sat there, won't speak, very independent and so forth, irreverent to religion. But I said, it's not you. You are, the only, you are the only one of your sisters and brothers and you are sweet and kind and forgiving. What does that do? What does that? And you are you are you are you are you are tree family tree you are tree part of that family tree yet you have received the Holy Ghost now the Holy Ghost is the one that breaks you off from your family tree. It says that's right, that made you tender and sweet. It's not your people anymore, it's Christ in you. I said to the boy, referring to the father here, look at your family, practically all of them drunk, so forth. I said, how moody and high-tempered and high-strung. But you are not. You are kind, forgiving. What is it? The Holy Spirit. You are no more what you are. It's Christ in you. I said, now that same thing has to happen to the son. Let's pause here. The father, the, the paternal side, the paternal side of the boy, they are high-tempered, moody, casing and cutting and drinking. The maternal side, they are unforgiving, irreverent to religion, and have got a complex. But now the mother and the father have been baptized in, into the faith and have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the, their, their parents' genes have got no bearing on them. But somewhat... Those genes have managed to pass through them to the son, who as well was in the message baptized in the name of Jesus Christ as we continue. And the father raised up and said, So it buckled to the father's mind. The father raised up and said, My son went to the altar. He was baptized correctly in the name of Jesus Christ and water baptism in the pool said, I know my son has come to Christ. For the father, it was incomprehensible that the boy that they raised right, a boy that was a mortal kid, a boy that was a fine kid, but despite that there was a spirit that managed to go beyond water baptism and got hold of the boy. And that family, that spirit was coming through through from the maternal side and the paternal side, but got hold of the boy. How many of us in the message of the hour, we claim to have been baptized in the pool and come to a message church, but we are still the victims or the prisoners of our family tree, our family spirit. And those underlying conditions are the ones that create problems in the church, You have people in the church that will never say, I'm sorry. But when you go and check, you find that although they are baptized, although they come to the message of church, but underlying, there is still a family spirit that is dominant in their lives. I said, that may be all right. All the outward motions he might be identified as a believer with believers, but until he is regenerated, born again, I would advise that young man to never marry a woman. He will make hell on earth for her. Until that gentle, sweet, forgiving spirit of Christ comes in, then that boy will be a paradox himself to take the very nature of a boy that's bred right between father and mother. And yet in his intellectuals, he's trying his best to overcome it. He can't do it. He will never overcome it. Christ will have to overcome it when he lets Christ in. Then, then he's already overcome. Then. It will be a perfect paradox when a man is born of the Spirit of God. Here I want to say something. In recent times, we have had men that hunted with Brother Branham. We have had men that were very close to Brother Branham. Some even wrote compiled booklets on Brother Branham because of the personal experiences that they've had when they were with him. We enjoyed their testimonies for a number of years. They gave a testimony after a testimony as an affirmation that indeed William Branham's ministry was a peculiar ministry and was a fulfillment of Malachi 4. Now those men have gone to be with the Lord. Now their children, their children, lashed onto that. Some became ministers in the message of the hour. And they came behind the pulpits to say, Yes, my father told me when he was with Brother Branham, this is what happened. Oh, my father took me to one of the Brother Branham's meetings when I was still a young boy. I remember I was in the meeting. Although I didn't understand what was happening, it was a lot of people that were there and things were happening. Then we brought them closer because they were closer to the generation that used to be close to Brother Branham. Now, we assumed that they believed as much as their parents believed we gave them pulpits we invited them to conventions to minister in our conventions we made people have confidence in them because they use them as a point of reference of some of the experiences that they read about in the spoken words. but here is a problem some of them had never, they were baptized, became ministers in the message church because of daddy was there and based on daddy's testimony. But in the process of time, after daddy and mommy had gone to be with the Lord, we are beginning to see some of them are rising and say, I was born in the message, I was raised in the message, but now I have left the message because the message is not the truth. Now, some of them are entangled in marriage and divorce issues, some of them are entangled in homosexual activities, now they have left the message of the hour. The problem was that, Although they associated with their parents' testimony, although they associated with message churches, although they ministers in message conventions, but they were did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now they were ministering, giving testimonies, doing this and that. But uh, uh, underneath there was an underlying condition of a family spirit that went beyond their parents, that the parents overcame that family spirit, but now it got hold of the children. No wonder. Brother Brown says God does not have a grandchild. God does not have grandchildren. If you a mother, if you are a mother, and you have experience, you have a personal experience with God, your children must have a personal experience with God. A lot of times we assume because they were raised in a message church, automatically they are message believers. I beg to differ. That is not the case. Yes, we have to pray for them. Yes, we have to guide them. But we must remember the only key to victory is the baptism of the Holy Spirit because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can deal with underlying conditions. Today ministries are being derailed because of underlying conditions. Today's churches are being derailed because of underlying conditions. You find that a person is in church is difficult very difficult can't get along with anyone but when you go and tap into their life you find that something happened even before they came into the message and when you check you find that it is related to their family that is why it is absolutely imperative it is absolutely essential and important that we must receive the baptism of the holy spirit to be able to clear the underlying conditions. Now, as we come to the end of this broadcast, as I've asked previously, do you have underlying conditions that must be addressed? As an assembly, do you have underlying conditions that must be addressed? You find that in recent time, there is something that I refused where people were thinking that if, if, if a minister touches you and you fall on the ground it is a sign that it is a demonstration of the power of the holy ghost no say a woman rolling on the floor and i have often wondered many times it's not men that are falling many times are women falling and many times it's unmarried women falling either widows or single ones so a lot of times we think and preachers that are very inexperienced they think is the power of the holy ghost do you see them rolling on the floor only to find that actually it's an attention deficit deficit disorder attention deficit disorder the person just want attention on themselves the Holy Ghost when brother Branham was here and he preached down in Deben he says when the Holy Ghost swept over that audience women and men that were there, half naked they began to cover themselves now what type of Holy Ghost makes people roll on the floor it's an attention-seeking disorder but it is driven by underlying conditions going back to our text a demon was praising Paul and the disciples how many times in the message of the hour demons are praising servants of God you are the servant of God and a servant of God becomes puffed up not realizing that actually I'm being praised by a demon because of lack of discernment because discernment will make you look beyond a compliment and identify an underlying condition. That's why ministers have got to be careful of compliment. He that tells you that you are a God today will tell you that you are a devil tomorrow. And if you operate on compliments, you're not going to go far. But may God help us to expose the underlying conditions because underlying conditions Make us vulnerable that when the devil comes to attack us, he will demolish us because of our vulnerability that has been created by underlying conditions. As we pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for your grace and mercy. May this broadcast be a blessing as we commit every brother and every sister to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. I hope it will be a blessing and I hope it will make us to do an introspection. And if there are any underlying conditions, let's address them and God will be gracious to us. God bless you richly.